Thanks for joining us. This is the Oklahoma Youth Podcast, and we hope that you'll be blessed by today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to our channel, share this episode with your friends, and leave a five-star rating and review. For more information on our ministries and events, visit oklahomayouth.org. And now, let's enjoy today's episode together. out pretty good, doesn't it? All right, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 11 in our Bibles tonight. 1 Samuel chapter 11. Just read a few verses and then you can be seated. 1 Samuel chapter 11. Man, I hear pages turning right now. This is awesome. Wow, you guys are incredible. You guys are incredible. 1 Samuel chapter 11. When you got it, say amen. If you're still looking for it, say amen. We love everybody. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 11 and 1. I want to read to you tonight about a city in Israel. Everybody say a city. They're about to be invaded by an enemy. Everybody say, oh no. Here's where the story picks up. Everybody ready? Verse 1. Then Nahash the Ammonite came up. And he encamped against Jabesh Gilead. Everybody say Jabesh Gilead. And all the men of Jabesh said unto Nahash... Make a deal with us. Bargain with us. And we'll serve you. We'll be your servants if you'll let us live. And so the Bible said, verse 2, that Nahash the Ammonite answered them on this condition. He said, okay, I'll work a deal with you, but only on one condition. He said that you will thrust out your right eyes and lay it up for approach upon all Israel. Everybody said, that's not good. He said, I want you to remove your right eye and give it to me and I'll let you live. That's, that's not good. But verse 9, King Saul. Everybody say, King Saul. He hears about the problem and he responds. And the Bible said that he sent unto them messengers that came. And they said to them, Thus shall you say unto the men of Jabesh-Gilead, Tomorrow by that time the sun be hot, ye shall have help. You're going to have help from who? The king." And the messengers came and showed it to the men of Jabesh, and they were glad. They were happy. The city had heard the demands of the enemy. The enemy told them, I want your right eye. Everybody say, not good. But now the word of the king has come to them and let them know that I can get you out of that situation. Tonight we sang about it just a few moments ago about the king of glory filling this place. And he indeed did fill this place. I felt, I felt his power come in here. Anybody else feel that just a moment ago when you were worshiping so incredibly? So the king is here. And so tonight, I want to talk to you about what the king is saying. What the king is saying. Turn to your neighbor and tell them we're going to hear what the king says tonight. Turn around to somebody, give them a high five and say, we're going to hear what the king of glory says tonight about you. Come on, before you're seated, high-five one more person and say, let's hear what the king has to say. I wonder if you could do this one more time. Could, could you put your Bibles down and, and just close your eyes and lift your hands and voices one more time. And let's ask the Lord to touch us in a special way tonight. Lord, we love you. 
And we thank you so much for the youth campers of Oklahoma District. God, they've gathered in this place and they have worshipped and they have praised you and they've invited your presence here. But now, God, I ask that you would anoint their hearing. God, anoint them to hear the word of the Lord and anoint me to speak the word of the Lord. Help us to work together, God, and let your voice be heard loud and strong. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Come on, say it like you mean it. In Jesus' name. Why don't you clap your hands one more time to the Lord? Oh, come on, that sounds good. Clap your hands, all you people. Come on, just for a few seconds. My goodness, that feels good. That sounds good. Amen. Clap your hands, all your people. And then he said, shout. Anybody got a shout on the inside on this Monday night? Shout unto God. With a voice of triumph, God bless you, you can be seated. What the king, what the king says. The year was 1978. And the United States government went to a sound company with a very unique proposal. They wanted the sound company to develop a technology that would allow aircraft pilots and astronauts to be able to communicate and hear clearly the ground crews and other pilots. Everybody said they wanted to be able to hear. They wanted to be able to hear. Even when they were surrounded by the ultra-loud roar of the prop engine or maybe the rocket engine in their craft. And so the sound technology company said, okay, we'll take your challenge. And they went to work and they began to try to come up with something that would allow them to hear the voices that really mattered while they're flying and be able to tune out all the other noise and all the other voices that didn't matter. Well, guess what? They came up with a technology. And we now use it, and it's gradually made its way into the technology that is very common, but it's known as the noise-canceling technology. Noise-canceling Technology And it's now featured in headphones and earbuds and AirPods everywhere. You know, you know, Apple has really helped us have it there. How many of you love Apple products? How many? I saw a thumb up over here. We're going to pray in Jesus' name. How many of you just love Apple products? Come on. How many of you love the iPad? Samsung, this guy. Oh, man. Samsung. All right, all right. We're going to get over here. How many of you just love Apple products? Woo! You love the iPad. Yeah, I mean, the MacBook. How many? I, mean, I know I'm talking to some younger crowd here, but how many of you just love MacBooks? You may not own one, but you just love it. You're like, it's so cool. Well, Apple's helped us out through the years, right? So they introduced technology. And don't laugh. Somebody laughed when I pulled this out. Stop laughing at me. That's it, I'm leaving. Brother Borders, I'm going. So they helped us out and began to put earbuds with wires attached to them, and, and, and you can see the problem, right? Anybody ever lived this nightmare? Can you, can you feel the pain? You know, yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a mess, right? So, yeah. All right. And then, and then they come out with something called AirPods. Now, don't laugh at me. These are my AirPods, and they're first generation. Everybody say, he's awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He said they're small. Yeah, you're right. Okay, how many of you own a pair of AirPods? Let's just see a show of hands. 
Very good. Put your hands down. How many of you are second-generation AirPod owners? What about third-generation? How many of you just wish you had some AirPods? Give yourself a hand for wanting some AirPods tonight. Apple's really helped us, guys, because they put this technology in very sleek little cases, and we're able to pop that AirPod in our ears, or you borrow it from your mom and dad, and you use it. But it's really, really useful because it allows us. It's a gift. Everybody say it's a gift. Because it allows us to block out and tune out the things that we don't want to hear, and we get to listen to the things that we do want to hear. Oh, come on, somebody. Like Fred Hammond or James Wilson. All right, let's hit it. The Gaither Vocal Band. Or Toby Mac. Woo! There it is. That's it. That's it. All right. But it's a gift because you can be in a loud crowd. and Everybody's noisy, but you can put that AirPod in. You start really listening to your tunes. Or, or maybe you're on a long flight, and there's a crying baby. Anybody ever been there? I was there today. And there's a crying baby, and it might even be your own. But you can put that AirPod in, and it's noise-canceling, and it allows you to focus on what really does matter and focus on and tune out what doesn't matter. And I've just come to tell you tonight that if you're going to progress in God and you're going to go all the way in God, somewhere along the way you've got to learn how to tune out the voices that do not matter in your walk with God. Come on, somebody. If you're going to make heaven your home, you've got to learn to identify that these voices over here, they really don't matter. But this voice over here really does matter. Oh, come on, somebody. You've got to begin to learn that these are the voices of the enemy, and this is the voice of God. This is the voice of deception, and this is the voice of truth. You've you got to learn how to tune out the voices that don't really matter. But tonight it's true, isn't it, that we live in a world where you're bombarded every day by messages, by media. You're hearing all types of advertisements. Do you know that some experts, Brother, Brother Borders, they say that the average person hears anywhere from three to 8,000 ads a day? Three to 8,000 advertisements a day. You know, that's, that's why you're trying to listen to Spotify and that that ad comes on. It's like, man, come on, really? You're trying to watch that YouTube preaching video. Come on, somebody. A Brother Borders preaching, and that ad comes up. It's annoying, but you, you get bombarded by these ads. In one day, get this, in one day, you, you, right there, I'm looking at you. You hear more ads in one day than people before you would have heard their entire lifetime, just a few generations ago. It's crazy. You know, and unfortunately... It's true, isn't it, that all the messages and all the advertisements and all the voices that we're hearing, they're not always building us up, are they? They're not always godly, are they? Unfortunately, there's always this voice of the enemy who starts speaking in our ears, doesn't he? He begins to talk about things that bring doubt and begin to confuse you. He'll begin to speak things into your life about things that you should be despairing about. Anybody ever been there? 
Or maybe he begins to speak into your life that you should be fearful and you should be afraid. And then you start feeling very anxious about things. And, and there's always this soundtrack of the enemy playing, isn't it? Can I get an amen in the house? If you've ever had to deal with what the devil tells you. And you've heard his voice before. And he's constantly bombarding you and trying to steal you out of the kingdom of God. And he only has really one playlist, doesn't he? And all it is is darkness, and it's fear, and it's anxiety, and it's depression. He only has one playlist. That's it. That's all he has. He doesn't have any good creative song. He just got one playlist, one track, and it's darkness. Because he wants to see you living in outer darkness somewhere. But I wonder if in this house right now, somebody has already begun to tune in to the other voice and the other noise that has come into this room just a few minutes. I, I wonder if somebody here tonight can wave your hand at me and say, yeah, I think I heard them just a few moments ago. I think I heard the alternate sound. I think I heard the other voice because I heard the voice of the king. I've come to tell this youth camp that the voice of the king is in this room and if you can hear it, why don't you clap your hands right now and say I can hear hallelujah I can hear what he's saying but just when you think his soundtrack is over he comes back to you in the middle of the night and he tells you there's no hope for your family. He tells you you're always going to be the only one living for God in your youth group or maybe your family or the one who's trying to live righteously in your youth group. He, he comes and tells you you're always going to be bound by chains of sin and addiction, doesn't he? He tells you you can't be used by God. You're not cool enough. Anybody ever dealt with that? Can I just be real with you? Anybody ever dealt with the devil telling you you're not good enough to be used by God and here's why you can't be used by God and here's why God's going to overlook you but he's going to get this young man but he'll skip you and he'll get her and use her. But I've come to tell you right now that there is an alternate voice and there's an alternate word in this room right now letting you know that God wants to use you. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what your last name is or is it God is looking at you and God wants to use you in this hour in a mighty way. Oh, come on. I wonder if you could throw your hands up right now and begin to hear what the King of glory is saying about you. Come on. He knows who you are. And He has handpicked you and He wants to use you. You know how you can tell that the devil's lying? I'm going to help you out. You know how this works? You know how you can tell he's lying? Is if his mouth is moving. So if, his ma if he's telling you you can't live for God, guess what? Bro, it's a lie and you can live for God. If he's telling you you can't be anointed and teach a Bible study, guess what? You can be anointed and you can teach a Bible study. Young lady, if he's telling you you can't win your friends and you can't sing in the choir and you can't live for God, I want to tell you that lets you know you can do all those things. Because in Christ, you can do all. Everybody say all. You can do all things. Be seated. My wife came to me recently, this past Christmas, 
And she came to me and she said, Michael? That's how she sounds. So she's got this southern accent. She's a southern belle. Michael? By the way, my wife sends her love to you all. Michael? I just want one thing for Christmas. i got to stop talking that high-pitched voice, okay? Now I'm manly. Everybody says manly. I just want one thing for Christmas. I said, what's that, babe? She said, I want some AirPods. She said, her hand just like that. Not really. I said, okay. My, now my mind went to eBay. <laughs> what are you laughing at? And my mind went to the AirPods first generation. I said, yeah, babe. What, but let me make sure I'm hearing you right. I said, what, what kind do you want? She said, I said, do you want AirPod, you know, first generation? Like I've got? She's like, Psh, no. <laughs> she said, I want the ones with noise-canceling capability. I said, oh, Lord. So I went and sold a few things, <laughs> sold a few vehicles, went out. And it kind of disturbed me because she wanted noise-canceling technology. Maybe she's tired of hearing me. I don't know, you know. So I got her these AirPods, okay. Our marriage is still intact. Everything's good. Everybody give me a thumbs up. Say it's still good. What time is it? I'm watching the time. I'm watching the time. All right. And she said, I gave her these AirPods, but it's weird. It is so weird. You know why? Because now she listens to podcasts. I've always listened to podcasts, but now my wife is listening to Mommy and Me and how to make great recipes on her in her AirPods. And we're driving down the road, and I'm like, babe... The Lord is so good. You should have seen that youth camp. You should have seen those campers. The Lord was moving in such a special way, and I'm crying. And I look over there, and she's laughing and smiling. I'm like, what's going on? We need counseling. Something's wrong here. But I look, and I spy that she's got the AirPod in with the noise-canceling capability. And then I come in sometimes, and I'm like, babe, I'm hungry. What are we eating? Hey, babe, I'm hungry. Are you cooking anything? Babe, I I'm very hungry. She can't hear me because she's listening to her podcast. Babe, I'm starving. The kids are screaming. I come back to her. Babe, I just ate the couch. It was disgusting. Babe, what do we have? She can't hear me. All right, babe, I'm going to Chick-fil-A, the anointed chicken of the Lord, by the way, and Krispy Kreme donuts. Can I get an amen in the house tonight? And she can't hear me because she can't hear me because there is a technology called the noise-canceling technology. She's tuned out my voice, and she's listened to another voice. I've come to tell some campers in this house right now that it's about time that you begin to let the word of the king cancel the noise of the enemy and the distractions of the world and his doubtful message that he's pumping in your ears. And it's time to listen to what the king says about you. It's time to hear what he thinks about you. Oh, somebody let the word of the Lord begin to cancel. Cancel the noise of the enemy. Now, now I've been reading my Bible. Everybody say, that's good. I mean, I, I do want to go to heaven, and I'm a preacher, so it's good to read the Bible. I mean, you know, come on. But I've been hung up on Psalms 29. Don't, don't go there right now, or, or you can, but Psalms 29 talks about the voice of the king. 
It talks about the power of his voice. It talks about how his voice, it, it says this for the borders, it thundereth. I want to tell you when the king starts talking, things begin shaking and things begin moving. And the writer of Psalms 29 said that his voice is so powerful. Amen. His voice is so powerful that he said this. He said he breaks, his voice breaks the cedars of Lebanon. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? If you walk out of this tabernacle and you go up to that big tree out there and you say, praise God, and it breaks in half, I want to be your friend when this service is over. And I want to be on your team, okay, if your voice has that capability. But the writer said that God and his voice is so powerful that he can break the cedars of Lebanon. That his voice thunders over the floodwaters. A reference to the cataclysmic upheaval that happened in Genesis with Noah and the ark. But he said, you know what? The voice of the Lord was still ruling over the chaos of the day. I want to tell you right now, young people, that the voice of the Lord is still in charge. His word is still settled forever. And it does not matter what's breaking loose in our world. It does it does not matter what country's invading another. It doesn't matter how crazy the world gets. His word is settled and it's over all. It's over. It's over all things. But here's what I love. Here's what I love. I love your bow tie. Man, that's awesome. But I love Psalms 29 when it says that the voice of the Lord shaketh. The wilderness. I've, your youth president said it a moment ago, but I've come to tell somebody that you may be living in a dry and empty time in your walk with God, and you drug yourself through those doors. You weren't going to come to youth camp, but you decided, okay, I'll come. But I'm dry. I'm thirsty. I'm facing sin. I'm facing temptation. I feel like I'm in a wilderness. But I've come to let you know that the word of the Lord is in this house right now, and he is shaking somebody's wilderness. Come on, if you're dry and thirsty in your walk with God, His Word is here, and He is going to shake your wilderness tonight. Huh? Not only, what's your name? Matthew. Michael. Man, that's a great name. Wow. Michael, not only did he say that he would shake the wilderness with his voice, but he said he would shake the wilderness of Kadesh with his voice. Everybody say Kadesh. Sounds like a, a, a fancy uh, word for a, for a meal. Yeah, some global across the seas meal. But his voice break, it will shake the wilderness of Kadesh. Do you know what that word means? The word Kadesh is a place where the children of Israel, they were following the Lord. They were following his commandments. And God told them to go and possess the promised land. But they said no. It was there in the wilderness of Kadesh that they took a wrong turn. And instead of going into the promises of God, they went to the wilderness of sin. They began to live in sin. I'm preaching to some young people here tonight that you're here and I'm glad you're here. But some of you have made mistakes. Some of you have committed some sins that you're ashamed of. But I want to commend you because you're in the right place at the right time. God bless you for being here. 
Maybe you've got some things in your past that you wish you could forget. Maybe there's some places where you took a wrong turn and you went to the world and you tried some things you wish you wouldn't have tried. But I've come to tell you right now under the authority of the word of the Lord that His voice has the ability to shake the wilderness of your wrong turn, of your mistake, of your error, of your sin. You're not out of reach of the King tonight because His word. His word is shaking your wilderness. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord right now. If you believe that, he's here and his word is here. And he has something to say in your life. Now the text that, the story that we read about tonight was about an Israelite city. We're now all in that city. Everybody say we're in that city. We're in the city of Jabesh-Gilead. Look around you. These are the walls. And there's somebody knocking on the door of our city. And the Bible said that it was the Ammonite nation that was trying to get in that Israelite city. Oh, they were the Ammonite army. And they were a force to be reckoned with. The Ammonites were known for being cold and ruthless killers. You know what they would do? They would come in a city... And the people that they did not kill and they did not destroy and burn, they would take them and put chains and fetters on their ankles and on their wrists and make them slaves. Everybody say they were bad. They were not the neighbors that you wanted. They were so bad. Do you know who their great-great-granddad was? It was Lot who lost his family because he was in Sodom and Gomorrah. These people were so wicked that they could not go into the house of the Lord up to ten generations. Everybody say, those are bad people. They worshipped a false god. I know this is gross, but bear with me. They worshipped a false god known as, his name was Molech. You know how they would worship this false god? They would take their own babies, their own children, and, and put them on an altar of fire and burn them. Everybody say, that's horrible. But that's how they worshiped their false god, Molech. They were cold. They were ruthless killers. But now they were knocking on the doors of that city. And the people of the city, like you and I tonight, would be. They were perplexed. They didn't know what to do. They said, we don't really have any weapons. Uh, we were not good at warfare necessarily. We're surrounded by the enemy. They're here. And they want something from us. They want our liberty. They want our freedom. How many of you know the devil wants to take your liberty? And he wants to take your freedom. He wants to take your worship that you had just a moment ago. He doesn't want you to do that anymore. He's knocking on the door of your heart. And he's saying, I want to take your worship. I want to take your consecration. I want to take you out of the church. I want to take you out of the will of God. That's what he's saying. So Brother Boyd, they didn't know what else to do. So they said, well, maybe we should go to the door. And, and maybe we should just talk to them. And so the Bible said that they go to the door and they, they need a WD-40 on their hinges. But they open the door just enough. They say, what do you want? Are you the Papa John's delivery guy? That's what I say when I open the door and it never is. But anyway... And they begin to conversate and talk to the enemy. That was their first mistake. You should never talk to the enemy. 
you should never open up the communication channel to the enemy. Oh, you can talk to the enemy when you're rebuking him in Jesus' name. But if you're trying to work a deal out with him, you should never try to work a deal out with the devil. Come on, you should never try to work something out with the the enemy of your soul. You know why? Because he doesn't have any good intentions for you. He only has darkness and chains and compromise for you. Don't even start the conversation. Just, just Just ask Adam and Eve. Eve should have ran the moment that that snake, she should have ran the moment she saw a snake. Can I get an amen? She should have ran the moment that she saw a snake. But she sure enough, sure enough should have ran when he began to open his mouth and he began to question the authority of the word of the Lord in her life. And he began to misquote God's sayings and began to misquote God's word. He came in the form of a snake. The snake God had called just a few verses earlier, he had called Good. Notice what the devil did there. He came in the form of something God called good and began to speak lies and deception out of it. The devil knows what he's doing. He can take something that looks good and seems good and try to lure you out of the church of the living God. And she began this conversation with the serpent. And because she started this conversation, you and I are still living in their mistake and their sin. I've just come to tell you, don't even begin trying to to work a deal with the devil because his roadmap takes you to one place and that is the place of eternal fire known as hell known as the place of torment that's all he has in his that's all he has in his plans but if you can hear the word of the Lord tonight if you can hear the word of the king tonight he says I've got something glorious for you I've got something victorious for you I've got something wonderful for you tonight I hasten to a close I hasten to a close and so they said will you make a deal with us and it was almost like Jabesh was waiting for this moment brother Hart Because he says, yeah, I'll make a deal with you. He said, okay, what do you want? He said, I'll let you live if you'll remove your right eye and give it to me. Can you imagine? I'm not trying to be insensitive here to any disabilities, but can you imagine? The enemy saying, give me your right eye and I'll let you live. But let's pause. Let me talk to the moms and dads in this house. If that is all it took for your babies to live and your family to live, I'm not saying we would be running and trying to do that, but we would be willing, wouldn't we? Because in the grand scheme of things, it's just one eye, right? I mean, yeah, it's important, but I get to live. But see, Jabesh knew what he was doing. His name means snake. How about that? He knew what he was doing. Can you help me out? Do you mind helping me? Oh, come on, man. What's your name? Mason. Mason, good to meet you, Mason. Thanks for helping me. He understood. He said, if I can get Mason's right eye, and I can take it from him, he will live under my dominion and under my rule from now on. Oh, I don't want to kill you, Mason. I just want to take your right eye. Well, come on, brother youth pastor. It's not that much. It's just one eye. You've got to be careful with the way spiritual, spiritual ecology or the, the way things link together in the spirit realm because today is just one eye. Today is just one taste. My goodness. Today is just one look on that media device. It's just one taste. It's just one try. And before you know it, 
before you know it, you've lost something. Here it is, here it is. Why the right eye? Because if you were an Israelite like Mason is, you were raised living a certain way. You didn't live like everybody else lived at school. You didn't talk like everybody else at school. You understood that there's only one Lord, one God, and you lived a certain way. And part of that upbringing meant that if you were going to be an Israelite, that you would be a right-handed person. Everybody put up your right hand and say right-handed. But see, Jabesh understood. He said, if I can get Mason to remove his right eye in a right-hand dominant society, guess what? The warriors could no longer be deadly. They couldn't defend their city anymore. Why? Because with the right eye removed, guess if you're right-handed and you're going to throw a spear, what eye are you going to use to guide that throw? If you're an archer and you're putting arrow to string and you're right-handed, what eye are you going to use to shoot that arrow? You guys are, you guys are smart. Here's another one. If Mason's holding a shield in his left hand and a sword in his right hand and he no longer has the right eye, this means that he can no longer see over and around his shield to strike the enemy. Did you get that? Now Mason will live the rest of his life cowering behind a shield and only living on the defense while the enemy backs him and backs him further and further from the promises of God because now he can't strike the enemy because he's lost something along the way. We're all there tonight, aren't we? There's an enemy that's come knocking on your door, your door, your door, you young ladies, and he's asking for you to compromise who you are in God. The city was desperate. They didn't know what to do. They began to think about what type of eye patches they were going to wear and try to get through life without that right eye. But then somebody in the back of the crowd said, wait a minute. Has anybody asked the good king what he thinks about this? The king? Yeah, Saul. We just anointed him a few chapters ago. Have we asked our king what he says about this? Somebody says, no, we haven't. He said, we'll send messengers. I think it's verse 9. The Bible said that when Saul the king got word of what Jabesh was trying to do to that city, that he sent them word. And he said, by the time that the sun be hot, he said, I'm going to send the army of the living God. And they are going to come on that city. And they are going to rout the armies of Jabesh, of Nahash rather, because he's come looking for you. And he's come looking for your walk with God. But we're about to silence his voice. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. The Bible said that the next day Saul separated the king. Everybody say the king. 
He sent His word to them. They were glad. But now the king has separated his men into three divisions. Verse 11. During the last watch of the night. And they broke into the camp of the Ammonites. And they slaughtered them until the heat of the day. Those who survived were scattered. So that no two of the enemy were left standing together. The Ammonites were devastated. When the word of the king came to them. I've come to tell this youth camp that there's a king here tonight. And he's speaking victory over your life. He's speaking deliverance over your life. He's speaking salvation over your world. Your king still has something to say. I wonder if you can lift your hands right now. I wonder if you could just press out of the chair you're at right now and begin to press down here to this altar call and begin to say, I want to hear the word of the king. Come on, that's it. Press out. Some of you have some things that you've been battling. You've been battling your past. You've been battling the sin that you did. But I've come to tell you that the word, the king speaks a better word over you. You don't have to be bound. You can get forgiveness tonight. Come on, some of you have begun to believe the lies of the enemy. He's begun to tell you that you'll never be who you were meant to be in God. Some of you have settled to live without that right eye. But I've come to tell the devil that I'm looking at campers who have decided that they want to hear. Come on, that's it. Lift your voices. You want to hear what the king says over you. Come on, that's it. Press. Come on, press right now. Focus on God. Focus on what God is trying to do. Come on, that's it. Just a few more minutes. Press in if you want to hear what the king says. Press in if you want to hear the word of the Lord tonight. Come on, let it cancel the lies of the enemy. Let it cancel the message of wickedness. You don't have to be fearful. You don't have to be anxious. You can live in peace. Come on, that's it. Somebody let the Holy Ghost begin to pray in your life. Come on, that's it. If you haven't prayed through in a while, tonight on this first night, go ahead and do that. He's here to meet you. I want you to continue pressing and doing what you're doing, but I want to tell you one more thing, and I'm done. One more thing, and I'm done. One more thing. My little girl, Myla, I mentioned her a moment ago. I asked her permission to tell this story. Is it okay if I tell you this story? I'll never forget the day a few years ago she came home from school and she said, Dad, some of the boys at school said such and such about me. I said, Myla, don't listen to them. But, but no, Daddy, they said this about me. Myla, they just tune it out. But Daddy, is it true? Am I what they said? Am I, am I all those things? Daddy, is it, is it? Myla, just tune it out. But Daddy, what if it's true? I'll never forget this moment. We were driving out of our subdivision. She was sitting in the back seat. 
And I turned around to her. And I don't know who drove the car for the next few seconds, but I pointed my finger at her. And I said, Myla, are you going to listen to the voice of an eight-year-old little boy who can't find the lunchroom every day at school? Are you going to listen to what he says about you? Are you going to listen to what your daddy says about you? Girl, I was there the day you opened your eyes for the first time. I was the first voice that you heard spoken over your life. Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel. Girl, I've known you since the day that you were born. I know you better than anybody at that school. And you are who I say you are. I've come to ask you tonight, who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe your heavenly Father? Are you going to believe the lies of the devil? I wonder if you could throw your hands up one more time. Lift your voice and let the king move and thunder in your world tonight. Come on, that's it. I am who he says I am.